0: Welcome to Into the Fire, a Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series.
1: I'm Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. Today we have a pair of uh, folks joining us, uh, Chloe Oliver and Ben Apple, who are 50% of the cast of our production of Churchill's Shorts, two short plays by Carol Churchill, running through June 30th at the Contemporary Art Museum at 409 West Martin Street in Raleigh. Chloe and Ben, welcome.
0: Thank you Hello, for having thank us. You.
1: First we should um, reveal what uh, almost anyone listening to this will know. You guys are married. Uh, and yes, have, have, surprise. Uh, right. Indeed um, and um, Let's start with that. How did you meet each other? Where did you meet each other? Was it at college?
0: Yes, it was at UNC Greensboro. Uh, ben is in the school year ahead of me, so even though we went through the same BFA program there, we actually didn't have any classes together until our senior year, but we lived across the street from one another.
1: Uh-huh, and so, uh, and so the first meeting, uh, do you remember the first meeting, or was it mostly r- passing each other in the halls uh, With increasingly longing looks and that sort of thing.
2: Well, we knew each other for—I mean—knew each other on the periphery for about three years before we ever had any sort of meaningful conversation. Um, The first time we actually met, I was completely bald uh, because I was playing an old man in a show, and I. she was you were doing makeup?
0: Yes, I was doing makeup for that show Needless to say completely bald Ben did not catch my eye for the right reasons <laughs> I'll, I'll even uh, Actually amend that and say the first time I saw him he wasn't completely bald He had left oh, just a ring of hair like a monk <laughs> uh, still intact so oh. that was, I, Very memorable I will say Uh, But we actually never got a chance to be in a show together during college either in addition to having no classes together, no shows together, no Seen studies together or anything? Not until after graduation.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that explains a lot, particularly why the back seat of Ben's car is full of hair products, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, gels, and things like that. Uh, ben, Sticks with uh, me. Tell me a little bit about UNCG. Uh, you uh, you got your degree there, your undergraduate degree as a, uh, a acting mm-hmm. major. Uh,
2: my BFA in acting. Yeah, um, it was great. It was um, what I, what I liked about it was that it kind of felt like. Cafeteria, cafeteria style mm-hmm. acting training where we got a little bit of a lot of different things. Um, we got a basis in Meisner training. We John Gully? Uh, yep, John Gully taught um, sort of your basic <coughs> Meisner. Right. A um, little different, sort of John Gully style, but uh-huh. the basics. Um, Jim Wren taught um, Chekhov. Um, Michael Chekhov, Mm -hmm. based off of his book On the Technique of Acting, Um, and then we got a pretty thorough um, education of Kristen Linklater's work, voice work, um, from her book Freeing the Natural Voice from Chris Morris. and uh, a lot of work on sensory awareness as well um sensory awareness and movement from denise
1: gabriel that was oh and film from michael flannery so mm-hmm. in, is that, does that mirror your experiences there as well uh, yep
0: yeah, uh, even though we were in different school years uh the program was the same for both of us and so we went through all of the same classes same teachers and things like that and um, so yeah i would say cafeteria style program was pretty accurate or sort of the nature of UNTG.
1: Now here's the big question: Did you go to see either of your works before you met each other? Before you had yes. those meaningful?
0: Yes, all the time. We were required yeah, we to see to. <laughs> <laughs> all of the shows at UNTG. Ben was in some productions at Triad Stage as well that mm-hmm. I saw. And uh, one of the features of UNTG, while we were there at least, is something called Workshop, where every Monday uh, students gather for an hour to two hours and uh, present scenes or short plays that they have rehearsed on their own time. And um, it's kind of a chance to just try new things. Uh, give something a shot uh, that you might not otherwise get to, and so we always saw each other in workshops on a regular basis.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you uh, grew up here, I I know very well, Chloe, uh, in Raleigh. Ben, are you a
0: Raleighan originally as well? Uh,
2: I was born in Chapel Hill, and I grew up in Pittsboro, right outside of Chapel Hill, Um, so a little more small town, especially when I was growing up there. Um, It's sort of ballooning right now with all of the uh, uh, development mm-hmm. and Chatham Parks and all that but when I was there it was yeah, still pretty small balloon, town. ballooning in this area yeah, right now. Right.
1: Uh, where'd you go to high school?
2: Northwood High School.
1: Uh-huh. I don't know that one. Uh, they have a good theater program.
2: Uh, at the time I was there yeah um, it was um, Dr. Lori Carlin was the teacher there and uh-huh. it was great um, that's kind of where my desire to keep doing it came from was doing the yeah. musicals and acting ensemble and all that there. And
1: what uh, what led you to that point though? Uh, a lot of students go through their whole high school career and don't even know there is a theater program, let alone participate in it. What, what led you to there?
2: Um, a lot of my good friends were pretty involved in it. Um, the, the guy who actually officiated our wedding, Jack Reed, was um, two years above me and he was really pretty deeply involved in the mm-hmm. plays and musicals there and I figured if my friends are doing it I want to be doing it. How about so. parents,
1: did they push you in that direction at all? Uh, no, not, not really. Not so much. Not no, really. no, art, no art background from your family?
2: Um, they they encouraged it always um, but at, at the time I think I was more I was more music oriented um, and so theater was sort of and a, just an additional thing to uh, playing trumpet um, so it was mostly just something to do with friends um, and then once I actually started doing it it became more than that.
1: Music's a big part of Chloe's life too. Your mother uh, Julie Oliver, uh, besides being a very uh, consistent contributor to Burning Coal and many other theaters in the Triangle uh, taught uh, middle school band for how long 20 30 years something like yes, that Yes
0: she started her teaching career in I think 1982 and she retired this past year and yeah. she taught band for that time uh, like Ben, she was a trumpet player, and that's what I played when I was in her class, so that's why he got an instant okay from yeah, his So family. like all <laughs> girls, you
1: married your mothers, well, right. you <laughs> <Yes. laughs> nice. uh, Very nice. Uh, and uh, so music must have been a big, big part of your life uh, growing up. Uh, was Julie always a theater person as well, or did that happen later in her life?
0: she was. I think that's why I became interested in theater because it seemed so normal to uh, be involved in it. Now, when my brother and I were little, uh, she was less so, kind of had to pick and choose more carefully opportunities that came along. And it wasn't until I was about in high school uh, when, you know, my older brother and I were independent enough that she could just do as many shows as she possibly could because she really always loved it very Mm. very much and um, had so much passion for it from when I was little and so it was very normal growing up in my house to see her involved in that and she was before I was born as well you remember the
1: first thing you saw Julie do
0: The first thing I remember seeing her do was a show called Good Old Girls, uh, which is based on the writings and music of some Southern women uh, authors and songwriters, and there were several iterations of that, and it even toured the Southeast when I was in fifth grade. And that's the earliest thing I remember seeing. I I learned all the music from it and used to run up on stage after the shows. And and my dream was to get to be in the cast and be a good old girl. I mean, that was the pinnacle. So sure.
1: Well, for (laughs) it still is for many. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That would be the the, the high water mark. Uh, So um, so Julie has uh, worked at many of the theaters in this area, and you guys now are both doing that as well. You've worked a few times with each other uh, here at Burning Cola yes. and other theaters, but most of the time you're either one or the other working at a theater. W- what is it, like can you describe for the audience Uh, those who may not know what it's like to be uh, an actor in a community like the triangle which is pretty widespread you know it's a Mm -hmm. it's a good hour and a half from one end of the triangle to the other I would say and that's with no bad traffic and um, to be an actor who who moves from one place to the next are there things about that that are good or bad or uh, difficult would you Do you prefer it that way? What's it like for for those of us who don't have that experience regularly?
0: I think one of the things that's good about it is just the opportunity to uh, step into different companies and and embrace sort of different styles of, you know, either the kind of play that they tend to gravitate toward or their style of rehearsing or producing. I haven't come across one yet that I didn't enjoy being a part of. And um, I think throughout the Triangle, a lot of theaters also do some great things with community involvement. Um, I, I love this is the second show that we've been a part of at the CAM through Burning Coal, the first one being the Greeks a couple years ago. Right. Love that. And when we worked with a Bigwig Productions um, on the show Bad Jews, that was presented at the Jewish Community Center in Durham. Mm-hmm. And so we got a great audience for that that were regular members of the Jewish Community Center, but not necessarily regular theater goers. Right. And so were there are there some really cool opportunities to be involved in the larger Triangle community like that that are really fun. You're
1: learning something about those kind of micro uh, cultures uh, within the Triangle as well. Yeah, ben, for sure. what can you add to that?
2: Um, I can really back up the comment about um, different theaters and it's nice to be able to do theater in a bunch of different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you get really the whole spectrum of theatrical, I don't know, styles. Like mm-hmm. there's, you can be doing contemporary realistic plays and then the next month you're doing something with a different company that's movement-based yeah. or um, like for example, we're doing Peter Pan and Wendy coming up yeah. and that's sort of a devised movement-based yeah. retelling of that story and that's—I mean—I wouldn't have even thought that would be something I would be able to do.
1: It's a long way from Churchill. From very different from Carol very Churchill, is. From Carol yeah. Churchill. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Yeah. You know, this that, that is very nice. Uh, uh, and it's not true in every community. You know, I, I mm-hmm. have known of communities where if you work at this theater, you don't work at that theater. You know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like we have that uh, issue here in the Triangle uh, for mm-hmm. for better. Uh, for us and for the uh, audience as well. You guys, uh, after you uh, graduated from um, college, you um, thought about leaving the Triangle area. Uh, did you do that for a while or, or no?
0: Yes, we lived in Chicago for a year That's from right. August 2015 to August 2016.
1: Right, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, it is a kind of a standard pattern of get out of college, go off to one of the big cities, mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you return, you return in your 40s or maybe when you're starting a family or something like that. What, what drew you back here and what, uh, what is keeping you here? I think it's a great, I personally want to preface your answer by saying I think it's a, a tremendous uh, compliment to the triangle that you have done so um, uh, because we've seen generation after generation over the 23 years I've been here of young people you know, getting right to the point where they have something really valuable to contribute artistically and then they go contribute it 800 miles away, you know, and I'm well, like, wait, what about us? Uh, so, uh, so for our audiences, I think it's a remarkable thing that you have decided to do that, at least in the short term. Can you talk about that decision a little bit?
0: Yes, we um, had been planning on living in Chicago at least for another year. Uh, Our lease was going to be up in August. We came back here to get married in June, and we had a really good time. And pretty much as Mm -hmm. soon as we got back to our apartment in Chicago, thought, why don't we move back? We were happy. We had family here, and we felt there was a support system here. And I I really appreciate the year that we had in Chicago and that experience of going and trying out living in a big city. And I, I do miss it sometimes. What has developed in the years since we've been back is that I have just become increasingly passionate about the need for quality local professional theater Mm -hmm. throughout the country and just how important it is that audiences everywhere have access to this. And I feel very passionately about a person in Raleigh deserves just as good theater as a person in New York City. And so that is something that has really just strengthened in the uh, three-ish years that we've been back for me.
2: Yeah, it's also really cool, the opportunities, not not that there weren't tons of opportunities in Chicago, but I feel like here we've had, just because we already, we have roots, we know people and we have family in the area, I think that's really helped bolster our ability to do the shows that we've done and there's sorts of things that personally speaking for myself I've grown hugely as an actor as a result of being able to do these things and take certain classes like the one at burning coal um, affordably and they've while I'm not in a big city, I feel like I'm becoming a better actor. Almost as a result of that, right. so right. it's been really nice to experience
1: that. You have a chance to work with really good, uh, good people in this community, yeah. and do really good plays. The the quality of the material that the choices of plays that are being done here is so much uh, broader than it was. And when I moved here in 1996, mm-hmm. you know, most of what you could see was um, musicals. Uh, Neil Simon plays uh, the occasional American classic like Tennessee Williams or Arthur Miller. But but essentially, it was that fairly narrow stripe. And and now uh, there's there there really isn't anything uh, that that you won't see here. Um, uh, and, and, and maybe. Uh, uh, two or three mm-hmm. examples of it so it's uh, the ch- area has changed a lot over that time mm-hmm. and I think it will continue to change as more young people make the decisions th- that you've made in the at least for the short term talk to me about the year in Chicago though I want to I want to hear a little bit about that I'd love to hear the the, the good and the bad of that what it was like <laughs> and when you went up there and realized yes I do need my jacket now uh, yes. Lord.
0: <laughs> when I when my parents first came to visit us I took them on the uh, specialized Where Chloe Cried in Chicago tour, like, oh, I sobbed there, and I, I broke down at that train station, because I, for me, the move was just such a huge adjustment. It was giant. Uh, yeah. And really a learning process. I felt like I had seen other people maybe move to a big city, and at least from a distance, it seemed like... They weren't doing a lot in pursuit of theater, but they were like, well, I'm, I'm living in a big city, so that counts for something. And I said, I will never do that. I will never be that person. I got to Chicago, had a meltdown, took a while to go on any auditions. Like I was that person and not holding myself accountable for being really aggressive as you need to be in pursuing uh, opportunities. So that took a while for me to adjust to. You know, to, all, you
1: know. The, all the other actors there are exactly the same as you, right? That have come from places right. like Raleigh and they're having exactly yeah. the same. They have their own little version of that tour. And right.
0: Chicago has a lot of universities too in the yeah. area, like Northwestern, that sort of already feed into the theater scene mm-hmm. there. DePaul. Ben was lucky. He, um, well, not lucky. It's a a tribute to him being a wonderful and talented person, but he got the opportunity to do a show called "Recent Tragic Events" while we were there, and met some wonderful people with that company. Yeah, it was
2: really, really awesome. It was through a company that's doing really well, like right now, uh, in Bang Theater Project. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really, really nice just to be able to um, meet kind of a group to get into there because when we got there one of the biggest one of the hardest parts of it all for me was not really knowing that many people there and I'm I feel like I'm a pretty naturally shy person and so I don't get close to people very easily yeah. um so when you're doing a show I feel like that's sort of built in you have whether or not you become super close with everybody you at least for the time have a built-in group to be with um
1: and were a lot of the people in that group uh, your age more or less Uh,
2: I was the youngest person I think in the cast at the time I was 23
0: about 23 24
2: um and a few of the other people most of the other people in the show I think were either later 20s 30s Mm -hmm.
1: um who had been together for a while
2: uh, no, so um, I'm trying to think, I think one of the guys in the show had done work with Bang before he knew the artistic director. Yeah. Um, and then the other people, as far as I know, this was also their first time with them. Right. Um, and I know at least a few of them are still working with Interabang and still really tight with them. Um,
1: There's kind of a model that uh, that I guess Steppenwolf at least gets credit for, Um, setting up, but that model of people coming out of a college program Mm -hmm. together and all, you know, by then they know they want to work together, uh, don't necessarily want to marry each other, but they want (laughs) to work together, and they uh, start a company, in the Steppenwolf's case, uh, Mm -hmm. in the basement of a church and, and just do work together until they either can't stand each other anymore and split apart or become Steppenwolf, you right? Know? Uh, and uh, so I was wondering if this was one of those companies or if this was one that was more, uh, you know, opening their process up to outsiders.
2: I think more like that because I, I, I'd say I kind of hit the grind or whatever the saying is pretty well when we went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I went on a Lots good of amount of a auditions. A lot of 6 auditions. How
1: How does one do um, that in Chicago?
2: A lot of it is through the uh, uh, equity office downtown. Um, I was fortunate enough when I was in college to work at triad stage like Chloe said right. so I had EMC points which don't mean too much here but like yeah. you know it's the difference between getting or not getting an audition mm-hmm. at so the you, equity offices. So
1: you would go in and say here, here's who I am and what my equity points are and they right. would say okay you're, you're in uh, that
2: sort of thing yeah. yeah or if there were not a certain yeah. amount of equity appointments I, they would just go down the list yeah and in Chicago like in New York I imagine it's different but in Chicago there really weren't huge numbers of equity auditions so yeah. if you were EMC you were pretty much guaranteed
0: Chicago is a little unusual in in that you don't necessarily have to really have an agent to get in the door Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact the way they recommend you getting an agent is just do shows and they'll come and see it and hopefully um, either through that or through a friend recommendation want to sign you but so much stuff just goes up online and Mm -hmm. so much stuff you can really walk in on day one and if you know how to do a little bit of creative Googling, like it's very easy to find. Yeah. And so it's actually surprisingly egalitarian in that way in terms of just being able to have access to finding what auditions are and being able to get your foot in the door. The only time mm-hmm. it is really difficult are for those huge equity calls. Where yeah, you that's... need to have some ENC points if you don't want to wait for right. many, many hours.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, and New York is uh, much less like that. Chicago does have a very good reputation where that's concerned, mm-hmm. and it does have a reputation where the the agents will come and see the work that's being done mm-hmm. in the community. Right. What about a day job while you were there? Neither of you are independently wealthy, I think, right? So, uh, so fortunately not. Had to have some kind and of. And neither m-
0: of us married rich, which <laughs> yeah. that was the original well, plan, we both like failed. failed. We could still <laughs> both marry a doctor. <laughs> I mean,
2: we're one
1: of you had married rich. That would be a very strange. I know, that been great. Um, so. So so tell me about the day job. What's that like when you've moved to a big city that's 10 times bigger than what you're used to and you don't know anybody there? What do you do? How do you handle that?
0: Day one, we just went out to restaurants in the area and I got really lucky that I I just happened to get one on day one because the hostess at the restaurant was from Greensboro, North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) And like my resume was familiar to her. And then Ben actually had a, I mean, I was just a regular restaurant server, and so it was a lot of nights more so than days, and Ben actually had a really cool day job.
2: Um, Yeah, so I, when I say I didn't know anyone, that's an overstatement, yeah, an overstatement. I knew a couple of people, (laughs) and one of those people happened to work on the night staff at the Second City. and so I was able to get a recommendation from him. This was two weeks later after I'd been going crazy in the apartment. Um, but
0: <laughs> Panic had set in. Yeah, I was, I was freaking out a little. He was looking for a rich wife to leave yes, him for at that point. Yeah,
2: um, so. But
1: only inside the apartment.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> in <inside>. the complex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but so he was able to... Recommend me and uh, I got hired at the second city, which was really really cool
1: You get to watch the uh, performers every night. That's great. Yeah
2: um, I saw the coolest part of it was watching when they were in process when they were switching shows because they do They have a set show and then after five months or so They'll switch that show, but they don't just stop putting the show up. They keep it going up every night but they'll swap in sketches that they'd just written the night before and that they're trying out and they'll try so out new watch, yeah. yeah improv material yeah. so it's really really neat it's
1: lovely you get to see the creative uh, process not just right. like the finished result yeah, yeah. that's fantastic uh, we're uh, we've been talking a while on this subject i want to shift gears really quickly and talk a little bit about uh, the two carol churchill plays mm-hmm. that you guys are working on um uh, two minutes. A Number and uh, Far Away. Mm -hmm. Um, So A Number, uh, Ben, that's you. Do you want to talk a little bit about that play? Did you know it before? I
2: didn't. um, And I am so sad that I didn't because it's so good. Um, Yeah, so in A Number, I play three different versions of the same genetic person. I play an original son. I play his immediate after his the clone immediately after him Mm -hmm. and then I play one of another clones that have been made of this guy Bernard Um, and the play deals with the um, the blowback of a father's decision to to a have this these clones made yep. or in his head he thinks it's just going to be one but it ends up being many
1: what's really going on is the father is trying to define nature I think or, or the scientists are is yeah. that, is that part, uh, part of that uh, um, and uh, so Mark, and Mark Filiacci who's one of our uh, longtime regulars yes. uh, is also in the cast with you. It's a two-person play. It's a little over an hour long, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very uh, uh, conversational, right? Uh, yeah. So your Meisner must have come in. Uh, <laughs> Hugely <laughs> thank, you, yeah. thank you, John. Thank uh, you, John. Chloe, uh, you're in Far Away, the second of yes. the two shows. Can you talk a little bit about that one?
0: Uh, so Far Away, Ben joins me in that, as well as my mom, and it is three scenes. It's under an hour, and it the three scenes each jump forward in time and they each show sort of different phases of something mysterious going on and and this sort of gradual unraveling of a society. And so it's a little bit more dystopian future. Um, There's some sort of strange comedy in it, very dark comedy and um, it really just unravels more and more leading up to the final scene when it's as if the the whole world and even the natural elements are at war. Uh, Like with many really great dystopian pieces, there are still vast parallels to be drawn to things (laughs) that are going on in our world. I don't know what you mean. Oh, well, um, and and so it, in some ways, it seems very far away, but far reaching. But in many ways, it's actually close to home. And, and like a number, even though the plot elements are very unique and very unusual, the style and the style of the acting is all done as if it were contemporary realism, mm-hmm. um, you know, taken completely literally, completely seriously that good Meisner talking and listening. And so it is a little jarring to hear in a conversational way these really fantastical plot elements become revealed.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, it almost feels absurd in a way the level of, uh, a, dis- a disintegration of mm-hmm. the uh, of the society that when we begin to describe it, it sounds almost funny, right? right. When you right. describe the the elephants uh, pairing up with the Dutch uh, yes. to battle the uh, the the right. yeah, yeah, exactly. things right. like that uh, And and then you pick up the newspaper and read that 90 uh, percent of uh, the honeybee species uh, have have disappeared off the face of the mm-hmm, earth in yeah. the last couple of years. And you think, well, is it that far away after all? Um, so uh, to wrap up, uh, I know that each of you are going out on the road with Burning Coal next, uh, but not together. Right. Um, and uh, very very briefly, Chloe, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh?
0: So we are going to DC to the Capital Fringe Festival with Iphigenia and Splot, which we did uh, last summer here at Burning Coal. And that is a wonderful Welsh one-woman show, about an hour long, and uh, really just an amazing story. And I'm so excited to take it to D.C. and to even do a little preview of it here in Raleigh before we go.
1: We'll be in D.C. the 12th, 13th, um, mm, 20th and 21st, I think, are the dates. Uh, And then uh, here in Raleigh on uh, the 6th and 7th, I believe, we'll Mm be... uh, We'll be doing uh, open rehearsals, free to the public, for those who have not seen it last year, or if you saw it and loved it as much as I do. And then, Ben, you're headed out with a, a larger cast. Uh, mm-hmm. We're
2: yeah, so we're going to the Cleveland Fringe Festival um, with uh, the production I was mentioning earlier. The uh, Border Light Festival. Border Light Festival, Festival that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, with Peter Pan and Wendy, an adaptation by our director as well, Lillian White. Yeah. Um, it's a really inventive kind of, I think it's going to reach children and adults a little more thoroughly than yeah. the than the original story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we are going up there on the 23rd, getting it loaded into the space we're performing it, uh, rehearsing for I think a few days and going up that weekend.
1: We even may be performing at a prison. I don't know if she's told you about that. But but, yeah we're looking at uh, adding a couple of extra performances in Cleveland as well and and while we're there some of us will be going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to check that out. I hope
2: to be one of those people. (laughs) Okay
1: guys thank you so much for joining me and thank you for all the work that you've done for Burning Coal uh, Dating Back. uh, Chloe, years and years and you're case uh, and uh, been uh, more recently but uh, welcome back and uh, we're delighted to have you uh, as part of the Burning Coal family and the Greater Triangle family awesome. Thank, you.
0: Thank
2: you so much
0: Thank you for listening Our production of Churchill's Shorts Two Short Plays by Carol Churchill will run from June 20th through June 30th at the Contemporary Art Museum in Raleigh. For tickets Or for more information, visit us online at burningcoal.org or give us a call at 919-834-4001.